The following is a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Soft Life Chronicles are solely that of the host or guests and not those of 1017 The Truth, Good Karma Brands Milwaukee LLC, or All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. Black women are the rock of the family and so often put others before themselves. We want to encourage black women to put me before we sometimes because black women's health matters. This is the Soft Life Chronicles, presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships. Hello, hello, hello. This is Denise Thomas, your Soft Life Chronicle host. Before we get started with our topic today, I just want to remind our listeners, and thank you so much for tuning in. Soft Life is something that has been adopted. It's a behavior. It's a mindset that has been adopted over the past two and a half years due to the pandemic and targeting especially black women, African-American women that have traditionally been regarded as strong. We are strong, but yet we are also human. And many of us have made the conscious effort of making decisions that leave us feeling stress-free and vibrating higher, thriving in life, not surviving in life. So with that, When I tell you we have an incredible lineup of the most beautiful, sophisticated, and intelligent women that are here to share with us their background, their experience, and just overall knowledge of diabetes. Now, whether you know this or not, diabetes impacts one in 10 people in this country. Another one in five people with diabetes, don't even know they have it. Genetic traits, the prevalence of obesity, and insulin resistance are all reasons why the African-American community has a high rate of diabetes. And that is why we have this incredible dream team of guests. Let me go ahead and get right to the introductions. First, we have Gina Green-Harris, NBA Director at UW-Madison Center, for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships in Milwaukee. Hey, Gina. So glad to have you. We also have Dr. Ola Yenke Shianbola, and we call her Dr. Yinka for short. And she is obviously a PhD, has a PhD in biopharmacy, and is the associate professor at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and researches extensively diabetes last or not last but we also have Luvenius or excuse me Luvenius Mohammed Milwaukee citywide coordinator of DREF all of us and we'll get into more of what that entails and then we also have last but most certainly not least Lamitria Curry Chapman who has been so kind enough to join us today and to share with her experiences as living with diabetes. And let me tell you, you do not want to change your channel. So let's get into this. Ladies, again, thank you so much for being here. I want to start with you, Dr. Yinka, because I know as part of your research, you, you take a very, very intentional effort with gaining a closer look at the disease along with all of us. And in terms of how that directly impacts black African-American people, especially women. What have been the recent conversations 
good experiences, not so good, that we want to start off with this show? Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, one of the things that I would mention is um, one some of the conversations we had is the prevalence of diabetes, especially type 2 diabetes in, in Black communities. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but there are different types of diabetes that we see. We have gestational diabetes, which we see mostly happening, especially with Black women. And this is when you have diabetes, but it's when you're pregnant. And what happens is your blood sugar is really high when you are having the baby. But once the baby is born, then the diabetes goes away. However, what a lot of people don't know, especially for black women, is that that risk for getting type 2 diabetes eventually in your life event goes up as much as 50%. And so for black women, it's something that is important for us to know is that just because I have the baby and then my gestational diabetes is gone, doesn't mean that you don't continue with your mm -hmm. lifestyle changes, continue with all the things we're going to talk about and hear about, about self-managing and controlling your blood sugar. So that is very important for, for women, especially black women, to know about that. And also know that type 2 diabetes is something that is very prevalent, not just for both, both men, black men and women, but especially 95% of the diabetes that we see right now is um, mostly um, type 2 diabetes. Wow. But black women need to be aware of gestational too. It's a risk factor for eventually developing type 2 diabetes. Wow. Those are some real numbers. Dr. Yika, thank you so much. And we also have to give a special thank you to Gina Green-Harris, who helped secure you to be here and share all of this incredible knowledge. Gina, why was getting Dr. Yinka on the Soft Life Chronicles so important to you? In your role at UW-Madison Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships in Milwaukee, there are so many different areas that we've focused on based on your leadership and awareness. Why was this as important? Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you for having us again on the show. And um, to all the partners, I just want to say thank you for joining us today. Um, you know, to be honest with you, um, Dr. Yinka has been one of our pillar pioneer researchers from the University of Wisconsin-Madison that has been willing to come off of the UW campus into the community in a very authentic way to address the community and meet the community where they are. She has really contributed so much information, knowledge, um, and reassigned the actual, I say, direction that the community is going around the issue of type 2 diabetes. She has transferred the knowledge so much that people are now taking control of their diabetes as opposed to, you know, going to doctors and the doctors are driving the, whether it's the medication or just the conversation. So she's been really one of our pioneers in empowering researchers who has made the difference and impact in my mind that is contributing to now uh, African-American families in particular talking more about how to control their diabetes versus saying, I just have sugar. So I, I thought it would be, you know, after our conversation, when we had DREF uh, a, a workshop and, and webinar, it was critical for us to bring Dr. Yinka back to further this discussion in a more broad perspective so community members, especially Especially now, holiday season, we're eating a ton of sweets, mm. and we think that's the answer to diabetes. Diabetes is bigger than eating sweets. I'm sorry. It I really had a flashback. I, I just started picturing yams and, mm -hmm. and, and turkey, and, and I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, you, 
You brought it up. You brought it up, Gina. I brought it up, didn't I? But, but you know, it's really for us to have this conversation of what is diabetes and how does it impact our other health conditions and chronic illnesses. And she's done a phenomenal job. Like I'm saying, every research study she's had, she's brought back to the community. She's really driven this work at a community understanding, mm -hmm. uh, a level where the community can really understand it. So yeah, she's a critical asset to our work here uh, and what we do. And you know, I'm so appreciative of you both, everyone, because part of the Soft Life Chronicles, as you heard, is really focusing on self-care. And because diabetes is so prevalent in our community and the words that we use even to describe it, we call it sugar. Mm -hmm. You think about the associated feeling when you, it, it minimalizes the severity of, of the disease by just, you know, saying that it's sugar when it is actually diabetes. And it is something that without the proper preventative care or even uh, responsive care could, could, could result in death. So thank you all so mm -hmm. much. I really want to ask this, this quick question. I'm going to ask this for both Luvinas as well as Dr. Yinka. When you're having conversations, and I love how you meet our community where we are, because, you know, traditionally, we always have to go. We always have to find the transportation, the resources, make the time. So the fact that you're coming to us as part of the All of Us Milwaukee site and the partnership, what are some of the questions or areas of focus that people are bringing to your attention as part of diabetes awareness and diabetes prevention? And either either Luvinas or Dr. Yinka can answer. Um, some of the questions, um, I think, uh, more so related to, um, I guess, the whole thing with the babies, the gestational diabetes. Mm. I think that people are unaware, mm -hmm. um, as she stated, that. Um, once you have that baby, you know, a lot of people have that mentality of I'm done. It's over. I'm good. So the question being like, when it does come back, what do I need to do? What happens at this point? Like so and even just that shock of, you know, testing for diabetes, you know, after they've had that child. So I would say that that's something that comes to mind. Just what do I what's next? What do I do? The whole shock. How how did I get here? I should be good. I right. had a baby. We're good, right? <laughs> so I, that, that's probably what I'm thinking. I got to ask this question. And I want to ask this question to you, Dr. Yinka. And I also want to gain some perspective from Lamitra. Now, I'm going to keep it real with y'all because you know this is the truth. <laughs> Growing up, my diet consisted of the following. Cherry Kool-Aid. Great now laters, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Uh, let's see. What else did I eat? The, the orange popsicle, the push-up. Kind of right. Um, part of my protein was also Doritos. That was my protein consumption. Um, yeah. So it was a pretty, pretty uh, sugary diet, which is I tell my kids, I'm like, this is why your mom had to like go through a lot in her 40s in terms of trying to catch up. Now, although I don't have I haven't been clinically diagnosed with diabetes, I know a lot of women that are listening we can relate because remember, traditionally, a lot of us had to be the mom and the dad, the chauffeur. You know, we didn't have a lot of time for us. So the, the result of eating oftentimes was drive through, you know, fried foods, highly saturated 
fat foods. Talk to, talk to the women that are listening that can relate. And again, I want to hear from both Lemetria and 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 excuse me, Dr. Yinka. What should we be doing now if that was part of our formative years? Like zero to, well, I'm not going to say zero. From like six years to about 21. Oh, forgot Mountain Dew. Mellow Yellow. I had about eight every day. So y'all, let, let me know, ladies. What what do we do now? Where do we go from here? Um, I can I can start because I think um, while Lemitra um, tries to get back in, um, what do we do? Where do we go back? It's you know that is the reason why it's called lifestyle change. And one of the things that we talk about is just because this is the way things have been done in the past, anyone can make a change. So and especially with more knowledge as you get to know more, because one of the things that we see is sometimes it's just the information that we need to know about how to actually make changes with our nutrition, our diet, other things that are important to actually help us make the change. If there's no knowledge, then we don't even have the Mm. power. We don't have the self-efficacy. We don't know how to make those changes. And so it's okay to start from anywhere. And, you know, that's something that is important for the listeners to know is that, okay, I've done all the bad things. We've all done all the past. And sometimes we have cheat days. There are some days that we fall off the wagon when it comes to eating healthy. I ain't gonna lie. I could go for a a big cherry Kool-Aid glass with uh, no ice right now. I'm gonna keep it real. Right now, I could could go for a cherry Kool-Aid. Yeah, no no Kool-Aid. You definitely should not be drinking Kool-Aid with all of that sugar. But I'd like to share that I started out at 30 years old with uh, gestational diabetes and a health professional literally told me, okay, you've had the baby, you're fine and you can go. Mm. Years later, um, I had symptoms for diabetes, but I had absolutely no knowledge of what were your symptoms? What What were your symptoms? I I, should have taken stock in the yeast infect monostat. Mm hmm. Because the sugar was trying to get out of me. But even then, I didn't understand that. Mm. I stayed thirsty. I could drink a, a jug, a gallon of water, and my, my thirst would never be quenched. I stayed tired. I stayed fatigued. I stayed uh, irritable. And that's just not my spirit. Never has been. And finally, um, it was the yeast infection thing that sent me to the hospital they had to literally hospitalize me oh my goodness. and give me um, insulin through uh, intravenously because of how high it was. And after that, by the grace of God, I had a great doctor, Dr. Forrest. I'll never forget him. And he told me when I first met with him, either you're going to hate me or you're going to love me. But you're a single mom and your boys are this age and you want to be able to see them grow. If you want to do that, you're going to work with me. Absolutely. And, and let me try. I just want to I want to pause right there because you're about to take us into a very relatable experience. And, and, and also, before we go to break, Lemetria, from my mouth to your ears, thank you so much for your transparency, because this it's one thing to have the knowledge and expertise from physicians. In addition to that, having your ability to be courageous and share your experiences, that's also just as powerful. So hold that, Lemetria, because I know the listeners, they want to hear more from you. When we come back to our next segment, we're going to continue taking a closer look at diabetes. And we're also going to talk about 
DREF, the Delta Research Education Foundation, what that means and the partnership that they have curated for people that are living with diabetes. We'll be back. More of the Soft Life Chronicles presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships is next on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to the Soft Life Chronicles presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You are listening to Soft Life Chronicles on The Truth 101.7. This is your host, Denise Thomas. I am so thrilled to be here in partnership with the UW-Madison Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships in Milwaukee, as well as all of us, as well as DREF, which means the Delta Research Education Foundation. Now, before we get into DREF, What I love about sisterhood is that when we come together, we share some powerful nuggets. So in addition to our distinguished doctors on the call, citywide coordinators, directors for community engagement and health partnerships, we have a queen on the show that has chosen to share her time as well as her story. And so Lemetria, Lemetria Curry Chapman, we were talking in the previous segment about how you found out what your experience was. And now let's go into, because before we left, you were introducing the relationship between you and your doctor, how it evolved and, and really how that impacted how you now are living with diabetes. So first I want to ask you this, your doctor, black or white? My doctor was a black male. There are black doctors, y'all. There are black doctors, black male. And the first thing he told me is that all of this stuff that you're reading applies to us differently because our body makeup is different. Mm. And so we got to go here and you go either love me or you going to hate me. And for a while I hated him, but I wanted to live for my boys. And um, I started one of the biggest things for me was Sunday dinner. I'm a stickler. I put those greens, macaroni and cheese, sweet potatoes, fried chicken every Sunday. Say it again real slow. Go slow. (laughs) The nutritionist taught me how to eat my Sunday dinner and how to recook my Sunday dinner. And then as I went on in my life, I didn't feed my children the way I was raised. When you serve rice, peas and corn, all of that is our starches. But we'll do a pork chop, rice, peas, and corns in a minute. That's a regular meal. We didn't eat like that. And so, you know, and I've shared with my children about how diabetes could be hereditary and you have to be careful in what you do and what you eat. And I've lived with diabetes successfully without injections for uh, 20 years. That's awesome. Over 20 years. And I, I take metformin. It's a pill. Um, my pancreas still works, but it works slowly instead of working, uh, fast and I feel good. I have energy. I get to do the things that I need to do and want to do. And you look great, by the way. What a great, Thank you. absolutely. What a powerful testimony. Now, Lavinus, 
I got to talk to you because I know as the Milwaukee Citywide Coordinator for DREF, all of us, there's so much research that you are leading and sharing with people that are living with diabetes. Can you just share with us in terms of the Delta Research Education Foundation mission objective and how are they, how are y'all socializing diabetes awareness with those that are living with diabetes? Well, um, Delta Research and Education Foundation, it is a brainchild from the organization Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. So um, as far as the organization, some of the uh, things that they focus on is scholarship, um, supporting local charities, um, public service organization, uh, public service programs, initiatives, and basically like um, anything related to supporting and assisting African-American women. As far as diabetes is concerned, um, we do programming such as this, participating in events like this. Um, we've done another programming uh, event that actually where this started from. Um, so um, we actually just had a Zoom. We invited people from the community to jump on our Zoom and we really just shared information about diabetes and ways that we can support and um, things that people can do to eliminate diabetes or to assist um, themselves from getting it. Mm -hmm. So um, just programming activities to really, really um, get the word out about what exists and how you can make change. Lavinius, we've talked about in, in previous Soft Life Chronicles, we've, we've discussed and had dialogue regarding cardiovascular disease. And we know that cardiovascular disease, using this, the word prevalent, is very prevalent in the African-American or black female community. How does diabetes compare to cardiovascular disease in terms of black women? Well, I'm not a doctor, <laughs> so um, I don't completely understand how it all works in terms of cardiovascular disease. Well, we'll I make think sure we table that for Dr. Yinka, but please just share with us in terms of what you've been hearing uh, with your experiences talking to women have they said, well, you know, I, I'm I'm managing or I have lack of knowledge between cardiovascular disease and diabetes. What's the difference? What if I'm like, what are those stories that women are sharing with you? Oh, um, I'll, I'll go ahead. I wasn't sure if I should answer, but um, some of the things that we know is they call them um, diabetes and high blood pressure or hypertension. They go together. Mm. Heart disease, developing stroke, they basically go together with diabetes. So if the blood sugar is really high and the diabetes is not well controlled, at the end of the day, what it does is that it starts attacking the body organs, the liver, the kidney, the way the blood is supposed to pump in the body. All of a sudden, it's kind of like syrup. The blood is not flowing the way it should flow. And so because that is affecting the vessels and the heart, then, of course, that's where we start having damage to the heart. And mm. that is what leads to those heart disease. That is what leads to stroke eventually developing. So by having high blood sugar and eventually developing diabetes, the risk for developing a stroke and cardiovascular disease, like you said, also is also going to go up as well. Wow. So this is the reason when we talk about managing your blood sugar, we also say, also think about blood pressure. Also think about cholesterol. They all go hand in hand together. It's not to say I'm just going to take care of my blood sugar and be done. You got to be watching both of them. And one of the things we talk about is know your numbers. 
talk to your doctor. I'm checking my blood pressure at home. I'm checking my blood glucose. I'm also checking my cholesterol. I'm going to my annual visit. I want everything checked. A1C, blood sugar, blood pressure, everything to be checked because they go hand in hand together. This is so powerful. This is so powerful. What are some of the ways? So when you say check, you know, ways to control it, when you say things like monitor your blood pressure, can you break it down for, for listeners like myself who were so busy? And when you say things like make it a habit to monitor your blood pressure, I know a lot of listeners like me are like, oh, that's one more thing I got to manage. That's one more thing I got to put on my to-do list. <laughs> what are some technologies that we can leverage that make it, and I don't want to say easier, but I'm going to go ahead and say easier, more convenient, because you know how black women are. We'd be like, look, I got to pick up, you know, Sammy from school. I got to do this. I got to be here today. And now you want me to add on this. What are some easier or more convenient ways to monitor our blood pressure? That's a great question. Um, before we talk about things you can do more frequently, I would say the basic thing that we should at least commit to ourselves as black women is going to the doctor at least every year. If possible, at least twice. Mm. But we need to make that commitment to ourselves and say, I am going to go get, I want to go check how my body's doing. Like you said, we are running around with all our children. And we need to commit that to ourselves. Like, I want to be healthy. It's exactly what Lamitra said, is that I want to be here for my boys. I want to be here for my children. Mm. My commitment is at least one year, once every year, I mean, I'm going to go get all of these things we talked about checked. However, there are other things we can do even while we are waiting for that one-year visit because things could happen even before we get to that one-year visit. Simple things like just buy a blood pressure cuff. And uh -huh. even organizations sometimes are able to provide samples and provide this for free, as well some healthcare organizations, or even talk to your physician uh, or your provider to see if they can secure for you a home blood pressure cuff. So for me, for example, I had gestational diabetes and then had pre diabetes and one of the things i know is once i start having those headaches i have not drank a lot of water the first thing i do is okay i gotta go get my blood pressure i gotta check my blood pressure and it's an easy cough it has easy directions you can even have your pharmacist at the pharmacy show you how to use it if you are not sure and you just slide it over you and you check your blood pressure and then if you know oh man that is really high then you know okay i gotta reduce things like my stress management how am i managing my stress am i drinking lots of water am i walking am i exercising mm. am i doing all am i eating healthy and that is our way of our body telling us that, oh, go get that blood pressure checked because of headaches and all the other things. Oh, you are just having so much stress going on. And one thing I would say is there are so many organizations that can provide blood pressure cuffs for, for the home for you to use. If you are not sure how to use this, talk to your pharmacist at your local Walgreens. They will easily and hopefully be able to show you how to use it as well, especially if you can't get to the doctor. Ladies. You heard Dr. Yinka commit, commit. That's a, that's a different term. Part of soft life, part of self-care is committing. Go to the doctor at least once a year. Get that home blood pressure cuff. Can we go to, you know, we like to go to Amazon. Can we get one off of Amazon? Look, Absolutely. Dr. Yika said, so now we really don't have an excuse because y'all know y'all order off of Amazon like me every day. So add the home blood pressure cuff to your kit. When we come back, this is so good.
I, I am learning so much. I cannot thank you ladies so much for being here. We're going to talk about, guess what time it is, y'all? It's holiday season time. Y'all know how we act around the holidays when it comes to our diets and our food. See, Thanksgiving was one day. But the holiday season, like, raise your hand if you've got five holiday parties on your calendar in one week. Yes. And you know we go to the holiday parties. This is exactly what we hear. It's just once a year, girl. Go on and indulge, girl. So we come back. We're going to talk about that. This is the Soft Life Chronicles here on The Truth Radio Show in partnership with all of us. We will return. More of the Soft Life Chronicles presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships is next on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is the Soft Life Chronicles presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. We are back on the Soft Life Chronicles here on the Truth Radio Station. This is Denise Thomas, your host. Cannot express how much knowledge and expertise we have on the show today. We've got Gina Green-Harris, NBA Director of the UW-Madison Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships in Milwaukee. We also have Dr. Olaginka Sheambola. And we call her Dr. Yinka for short. She is a PhD in biopharmacy, and she is also an associate professor at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. She has an extensive, extensive amount of knowledge as it relates to diabetes research. We're so blessed to have her here. We also have Lavinus Mohammed, Milwaukee Citywide Coordinator, DREF All of Us, which is the Delta Research Foundation, excuse me, Education Foundation. And then we have our queen sister, Lamitria Curry Chapman, who has been so kind to join us today as she shares her journey in living with diabetes. So ladies, let's just get to the reality. We're in the holiday season. We talked about a, a healthier Thanksgiving lifestyle last month. <clears throat> excuse me. However, we know that the holiday season around this time is a little bit different because we have so many holiday gatherings, like literally five holiday parties a week up until January 2nd. So every day we're getting boxes and baskets of chocolate and sugar and Kool-Aid packs and sugar packs. We got all that. If, is there any way, like what advice can you give us of how we can still enjoy the holidays, but make those healthy decisions? Because again, it's not just one day like Thanksgiving. It's like for the next two and a half weeks, three weeks. Anybody, anybody want to chime in? Eat. Go ahead and eat before you leave home, before you go to the party. When you go to the party, have a very small plate of something that's green or leafy or something that's not terribly bad. And don't accept the chocolate. Don't accept the sugar packs. Don't or And if you feel like you have to accept it, accept it and give it to somebody mm. later. They don't have to know. Right. But that's your great body point. will know if you indulge in it. That, that's so true. And as we 
and I want to keep this with you, Lemetria. When when the holidays are over, and you know everybody has those New Year's resolutions, and ninety nine point nine percent of New Year's resolutions consist of diet. Can you give us some perspective or some advice on how we can trans- transition from holiday eating to now making intentional good choices about our diet? What are some of the things that I you've do done? Not, I don't believe in diets. Mm. I believe in lifestyle changes. I don't even like the word. And so for me, I prep and I'm very, very busy. I'm 58 years old. I work at an elementary school. I'm raising a five-year-old. My husband is a pastor. It's just a lot of stuff that goes on. And so I have a couple of days where I chop up all my bell peppers, onions, spinach, uh, broccoli, and then I create different meals. Because I don't have time to come home every night and put a meal on the table, but I pride myself in doing that for my family. Meal prep. And like I said, at 58 years old, you just don't have the same energy that you had when you were uh, younger. And so you have to make a conscious decision. You don't need a carb with every meal. You don't have to have rice, potatoes. You you don't have to. You can add. Last night, we had baked tilapia and spinach. Mm, That sounds delicious. Very good. And that's just how we eat. That sounds delicious. So you meal prep. I do. But now I'm going to be honest with you. On Christmas, I'm going to have some sweet potatoes. I'm going to have a piece of sweet potato pie. Absolutely. And I'm gonna, my famous banana pudding, and I'm going to have Ooh, some of that, too. Did you say famous But what I normally pudding? do is, if I'm going to eat something that's sweet, I try to eat it between 11 and 2. Because mm. I'm still moving. I'm still running around. I still off. have time to drink a whole bunch of water and take my medication. If I didn't get it in before 2 o'clock, I got to wait till the next day. And I can't do it every day, but I'm going to get me some. Right. No, that's that's great to know. And thank you for sharing those recipes. I love the tilapia and the spinach. Really, one more quick question before we go back to Dr. Yinka. Lemitra, I want to ask you this, because we so appreciate your willingness to be transparent. How did your journey in being diagnosed with diabetes as well as living with it impact your family? impact your network? Oh, it impacted. I was depressed. I couldn't believe. I questioned God, like, what did I do? I've been trying to live for you my life. What You going to give me something that I got to walk with the rest of my life? Mm. And um, I, I, I actually went into this depression. And I'm a spiritual woman. I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. He takes care of everything. But I, I had a bout with uh, depression. I have a very strong family that poured into me. I I belong to Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated since 1985. I had strong sisters that poured into me. So you have to surround yourself with people that can help lift you up, Mm. not people that's going to help you lay down and cry because you can lay down and cry and then not do anything about it. And like I said, my family and my boys, they were my whole everything. I can't give up. We got a thing. I'm going to tell this real quick. You get 24 hours to cry. And one day I was working on my dissertation and I I didn't do well in the defense of it. And I came home and I got in the bed and I cried and I cried and I cried. And it was just me and the two boys and my boy, my baby boy said, Ma, I just ran you some bath water. I lit your candles in there. Go on in there, take your bath. 
and be done with it. It's done. Wow. And I was just like, yeah, okay. So you create different rituals within your life to say, this is how I'm healing myself. And I want my family to know how I heal myself. So if I fall and can't get up, you can get me up with what helps me. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Truly powerful. And and may God continue to bless you because, again, Amen. The, the courage that it takes to come onto a public platform like a radio show and share that. It, it's so just know this. And this is why it's so important for people to share their journey in terms of questioning God. What what I often believe is that we're going through something. God is using us as a vessel so that you are doing the work exactly what he wanted you to do. And that's share your experience and share your story so that I can help Amen. others and prevent that. So thank you so much for allowing the higher power to use you. I want to ask both Gina as well as Dr. Yinka, because the reason, one of the main reasons why it's been so difficult for black women to put our health care first is because we don't see a lot of doctors that look like us. The data that is used to prescribe medication has not included, to your earlier point, Dr. Yinka, dynamic specific to black women. So I ask both you and Gina, and either ladies go first, why has research become so important when it comes to diabetes awareness and prevention? You want to go first, Dr. Yinka? Yeah, I can go first and then yeah. you can, you know, drop the mic um, <laughs> once I'm done. Um, so why is it so important for we in the past and we know the history, it's been so difficult for researchers to go out in the community and engage people from our community to do research. Things are changing and getting better. Um, but in the past, there's a lot of histories that's happening. There's a lot of discrimination experiences that even people currently experiencing. That is basically, if I don't, if, if I'm not going to be treated right, why should I participate in research? However, and I'm sure Gina is going to mention this, there's a lot of researchers, there's a lot of organizations, all of us is doing a lot of work to build trust with the communities, using their platform to say, we need to find, we need to have new medications be the ones that is going to work for our communities as well. And yes, we've experienced this past issues and we are currently experiencing them. But now we need to say, I want to find out and know that the medications that is coming out by this new drug company is going to work not just for that white person, but it's also going to work for me as a black woman. Mm-hmm. How are we going to do that? Well, then we have to engage in research. We mm-hmm. need to participate. We need to do the work. And platforms like all of us is doing a lot of work to protect us as black women when actually we want to engage in that research so that what has historically happened in the past doesn't happen again. And Dr. Yinka, you bring up such a great point. I want to segue that to Gina. You know, she talks about research, but research is only as good as people who look like us that are willing to participate in the research. Can you share with us some more information in terms of how we as black women can be a part of the research process? Yeah, so I can, I can do that. I think the reality is that what we, is a couple things we can do to actually be part of uh, the research process. And I, and I can share with you how to get involved with all of us too. But here's what I do want to share. As Dr. Yinka is saying is that 
one of the biggest ways to participate is learning and understanding what research really is. Mm. That's the first thing. Many of us think of research as still as the labs. We think of the mice. We think of the trials that don't make it to market. But but research is bigger than that. Research can be taking a survey. Mm. Research can just be answering your phone and doing a dialogue. Research comes in many platforms. So we can we can do that. The other thing I've been really pushing for our community to understand is that as much as we don't see ourselves as researchers now, in times past, as part of our historical understanding and historical past, we have created many of the research instruments that are being used, meaning black people. You know, we've got many early inventors and scientists mm -hmm. who not were just practiced on, but actually created the the instruments, the tools, the, the studies, all of those things. When you think about blood research, that is Charles Drew. When you think about who started all of this research initiative around gen, uh, you know, uh, uh, sales and, and and those kinds of those were African-American inventors and researchers and, and trialists that actually started the biggest hospitals and institutions were started first by African-Americans. So wow. I want us to really understand that we have always been a part of research and we've driven research. We need to get back to the original narrative. So that's another thing. That's and then finally, I think thinking about where our future trajectory is for our next generation. Mm -hmm. We need to be involved in research so we can bring our younger generation, not to be right research participants, but to understand how to become researchers again. And that is by, we have a, I don't, we've advanced, but we've not advanced past word of mouth and me really instilling into our generations what we have the dreams and ability to do if we support our folks. And so I think those are really important ways of helping us to look at research in a human way, an essential way, but most importantly, as a historical reminder of we already have driven a lot of this work that's being done. Now, to get involved with all of us, hold on, we Gina. Can look Let me just just pause really quick because we got to take a break, yes. and I know that you're going to drop some valuable gems. <clears throat> when we come back, we're going to learn more about why research is so important, and to Gina's point, how do we build that pipeline of the next generation? who not only is understanding the research, but also leading the efforts. Because, look, every day that we get older, we got to make sure that we're developing the new generation coming in. So when we come back, we're going to hear more from Gina and Dr. Yinka. And y'all quit talking about the Tuskegee experiment. Quit bringing that up. You know what I mean. We'll be back. More of the Soft Life Chronicles presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships is next on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to the Soft Life Chronicles presented by All of Us Milwaukee at the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Soft Life Chronicles. It's the holiday season. This is your guest host. Well, no, I am the host. What am I talking about? Let me not dim my light. I am the host of Soft Life Chronicles, and we are so privileged and honored to have not one, not two, but three incredibly gifted, knowledgeable experts regarding both the research as well as how to prevent and even navigate 
through diabetes. Ladies, thank you so much. We have Gina Green-Harris from the UW-Madison Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnerships in Milwaukee. We have Dr. Yinka, Dr. Yinka, Associate Professor at UW-Madison, specializing in diabetes research, and Luvinas Mohammed, the Milwaukee Citywide Coordinator for the Delta Research Education Foundation and all of us. Ladies, we've got about four minutes, and I know there are so many questions that people will have based on this conversation. So as we wrap up, final thoughts and perspectives before we get into how can people get involved in the research process, how they can stay in touch with each of you. Before we get into that, what are some of the thoughts that you want to leave or perspectives to our listeners regarding diabetes and most importantly, diabetes research and prevention? One thing is, I would say as a final thing is what I've said before is the commitment. The commitment to choosing the life you want to create for yourself around preventing diabetes or managing diabetes if you already have diabetes. So I would say we need to know how to choose. It's all about choices that we are going to make. The choice to exercise, the choice to eat healthy, the choice for even the doctor you want to see. If you don't like your doctor, go see somebody else learning how to self-advocate for yourself, even when it comes to your life and being healthy. And so I would say commit to the choices you make and make sure that they're healthy choices. And hopefully um, by the end of the holiday, as we all enter into the new year, we will all have greater commitment to our goals. I love how you, you keep using the word, which is so powerful. Commit, commit. Ladies, Gina, Gina. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with Echo with what's said. I think the bottom line is for us uh, really to better and we're, we're really we're getting there. But to understand chronic illness, understand what diabetes really means in this instance. Right. And all of the the lesson here is also we're going to live. You can live with diabetes. The question is, are you going to live well mm. with diabetes? And the decision and the answer is based on you and the level of commitment to which you're willing to give to be able to do so for yourself. And it goes back to what both Dr. Yinka and what Lavinus is saying. It's about self-care, but it's about being willing to stay committed to self-care. Love it. Man, this is we could go like until midnight tonight. This is so powerful. I know because y'all are so knowledgeable, you're in demand. You've got places to be. Our listeners, many of them are going to want to know, based on your knowledge sharing, how can I stay abreast with all of the research, the activities that are being done, and how can I maybe even participate in a study? So, Dr. Yinka, what's the best way for people to stay connected to your work, to your research, and things that you are leading regarding diabetes research and prevention? Um, I would point this to um, Gina, actually. I will point it to the center that she's running, the Center for Community Engagement and Health Partnership. We have been working with them on every diabetes research program we've been doing in Milwaukee for the past, man, almost seven years now. Yeah. If you want to know about what we're doing, get connected through the, to the Center for Community Engagement. Find out their phone number. Find out their website. Call somebody at their center. What is the phone number of the website? We got that, right? Gina, what is it? 
Yep. So you can reach us, and I'll do all of us, all of us. Uh, dot whisk. That's W I S C. Dot E D U. Or you can give us a call, and that number is eight 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 two nine four two six six one. And if you'd like to email us, you can email us at all of us, all of us U W M K E at H S L C dot whisk W I S C dot E D U. Okay, I'm gonna need and, y'all. And I'm we'll gonna need y'all to, to take you from there. I'm gonna need y'all to abbreviate that email address. You know how black people we we ain't got time for all them syllables now. I'm gonna need y'all to work on that. As the effective you, communication coach, I'm gonna need y'all to work on that domain. She was like, all of us at UWABCDEFGLMN. What? It's okay. Just Google us. We'll show. There you go. Now that's what we can do. Black folks, we definitely can Google us. Google all of us. Was it Google all of us? Community engagement, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Perfect, perfect. So listen, ladies, thank y'all so much. This has been incredibly, incredibly helpful because as we continue as Black women to embrace, to your point, Luvenus, self care, self love, self worth. Ladies, happy holidays. May your holidays consist of less cherry Kool Aid, yams replaced with spinach and tilapia listeners thank y'all so much for tuning in this is the soft life chronicles on the truth radio show 101.7 take care